love being thrown into the deep end, kind of unprepared. Figure it out, bro. Because <laughs> that discomfort makes you grow. Mm. And I actually have that tattooed on me, seek discomfort. Because uh, if you live by that, then you're going to grow inevitably. Uh, if you always seek the easy route, then what's the point? That There's nothing wrong with being comfortable every once in a while, but we're on this little blue planet for so short. Hey, welcome back to Guild Stories. I'm like smiling uh, because we should have been recording for the last 30 minutes, but um, Max Maldorf, and I know I butchered your name That's already okay. because you have the, the coolest accent and, um, and perspective, I think, that we've had on the show in a long, long time. Right. So you introduce yourself, say your actual full name, and, yeah. and tell us why you don't have a middle name. Yeah, okay. So, uh, <laughs> hi, everyone. Uh, so, my name is Maximilian Maldorf, or how Americans would say, Maximilian Maldorf. <laughs> and uh, there's no number in my first name, so I usually just say, you know, it's it's Max, not Maximilian. But that, that's all right. Um, yeah, so I'm from Germany, born and raised. And then when I was 18, I just turned 19 years old. I booked my one-way ticket to the U.S. And uh, yeah, mm. landed in KC and went to school at Northwest Missouri State. Before that, I was a high school exchange student mm. in, in Savannah and knew the area due to that reason. And wanted to come back, kind of fell in love with the U.S. and uh, figured out a way to come back here and went to college here for six years. Took my sweet time from undergrad, <laughs> five years. But then I got my master's in one nice. year, so yeah. I, I did two degrees in six years, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I um, yeah, met someone along the way. Abby and uh, we're happily married, live in South KC, and I brew beer, got my Master Brewer's Certificate in Germany, actually, uh, last year, and now work at a small craft brewery, yeah. yeah so I don't have a middle name, because <laughs> my parents thought, you know, it's 1993, our first child is about to be born. This is, I think, how it went down. Uh, he doesn't In what town name. in Germany? Uh, Bonn, okay. B-O-N-N. That okay. was the capital until uh, Western East United in, in 1990 okay. after the wall fell down. So uh, my dad immigrated from Sweden to Germany, met my mom there. Amazing. And then four years later, I arrived on the due date. How German. <laughs> I think I came right on time today as well. How right specific. at noon. Yeah, yeah, you were, yeah, you were right <laughs> at noon. And I've, I, of no course, minute was a couple wasted. minutes late. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So they, I think, agreed on my first name, Maximilian, or, or again, just Max. And But then my brother, two years later... He was born, and I think my dad wanted him to be called Tim, and my mom said, no, it has to be Felix, or oh, vice versa, so they settled. Okay, he's going to get both, but I don't. So whenever it says, you know, fill in your middle name, and it's always optional, thank God, because <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to. Um, by way of context, yeah. the Alex Sanchez on our team, who leads lots of amazing projects for us, yeah. uh, most involving, like, video or animation or pretty things that move on a screen. Um, when we were talking about our podcast in our internal walls and conversations and Slack and whatever, he was like, oh, dude, I have a guy you have to meet. He's like, you, okay. will, you will love him. His name is Max. And I didn't know, and, and even just today, didn't know a ton about your story. Um, but I'm grateful he connected us. I know you guys met in college. Yeah. But he kind of introduced you as like, well, he's up to a lot lots of cool things and he just has a wonderful perspective on life and you bet we'll talk about your your master brewery certificate as like sure. as what you do for a living as part of what you do for a living um but i think by way of like intro 
this random question I, I ask lots of times to start the conversation is like, who are you? Yeah, that's that's a deep one right <laughs> off the bat, and I love it. Why beat around? It's so German. Why beat around the bush? Germans say they're the like, yeah, we took the bush out of the way. We're straight <laughs> to the point. Um, I love that. So, yeah, who am I? I'm so I'm 29 years old. I'm turning 30 here in three months, and I'm not sure how I'm gonna deal with that. But big three zero. Yep, it'll be fine. Just another number. But you know, right now I brew beer. I like to think I brew great beer. I I'm someone who always ask questions uh, someone who believes if you if you stop asking questions you stop learning and in college i realized that i actually really like beer like more than the aspect of just drinking a liquid that has a little bit of alcohol in it just the the fact that this can be made it's so complex and and i love that challenge um it's very easy to make bad beer it's difficult to make great beer and it's almost impossible to make phenomenal beer constantly and that's exactly why i went to the Master Brewers School in, in Berlin. And there's a few programs like that, but I applied to that one specifically because it's, it's very renowned. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so again, right now, I'm just some, some German immigrant dude trying to make the greatest beer he possibly can. And that's what I enjoy doing. I will be doing that for a long, long time, or maybe not. Maybe I'll find something else that I mm. fall in love with. Um, I love how beer can bring people together in Germany oftentimes and, you know, big tap rooms at the Hofbräuhäuser and whatnot. You see three to five generations of people convening together, getting to know each other. They're at the, so I worked at Casey Beer for a few years and they have those uh, long like picnic tables yeah. on the inside. That's yeah. very German because huh. you have to sit next, probably sit next to someone who you don't know and then you get to know them. Mm. And I love the story behind a beer and the stories it can create because you're consuming it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. For a, a very American, naive, ignorant question, okay. of course. But growing up in Germany, mm-hmm. the relationship to exactly what you just discussed, it, that that is, you know, probably an American view to be like, oh, yeah, like beer is a central part of that culture. Yeah. Um, how, how did that upbringing shape parts of your desire to enroll in a master brewing school last year? So that is a phenomenal question, I got to say, because I had no idea. If you asked me, you know, a week before I flew with my one-way ticket to the U.S., just having turned 19 years old, that in 10 years you're going to be a master brewer. And, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a master brewer. I'm a brewer with a certificate that says I think it's going to take a few years until I would say, you know what? Yeah, I am a great brewer. Mm -hmm. I know I am. I don't know if I feel comfortable saying that because there's people who are 60 some years old who have brewed for 40 years and they're true master brewers. I look up to them. Mm -hmm. I just happen to have done it 30 years prior to maybe the average brewer. But um, having grown up in Germany, I you're very spoiled with certain things in every culture, I think. And in Germany, it's great beer. To us, it's just yeah, it's beer. We don't realize how, how great it tastes and how much skill it takes and the cultural appreciation of Germans of beer. I think it kind of gets washed, uh, what's it saying? Wash, washed under the... Uh, yeah, like swept the under the rug. Swept or under the yeah. rug. Which is so say weird. Washed like, under the rug. Why do we say no, yeah. Why would you? Yeah, yeah. Swept under the rug. And <laughs> Either way, it's a weird American In, in college, I wanted to become a dentist. My dad's a dentist. My uncle's a dentist. I, I love the aspect of, of healthcare and helping people. And with dentistry, 
you're you're taking something that's broken on a microscopic level and somehow you're able to fix that person and, and put a smile, probably put yeah, a smile back right. into their face. But in Germany, uh, school tends to be free. And uh, I was told, yeah, you can go to dental school for free, but you'll probably have to wait a few years to get in. I didn't want to wait to be a student. So I, I chose to apply to a college here in the U.S. and got accepted. And yes, you have to pay for school, but I got to be a student right away and I didn't want to, wait a few years doing nothing or learning a skill yeah. that I'm not going to use in the future. So um, I was doing the natural sciences program. Um, uh, biochemistry was my undergrad Jeez. at Northwest. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in labs. <laughs> I broke a lot of things that my professor said. I've never seen that broken before. Sorry. Sorry, Dr. Mizzioni. <laughs> in organic chem. That was a tough one. And I didn't uh, take that class. Yeah, uh, be thankful. <laughs> That was it. Organic one was okay. Organic two just killed me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was one particular summer where I realized I'm not just a you know foreign guy who comes to a house party with a 12 pack of samplers from you know Sierra Nevada and drinks that as you know your your pregame instead of the I, nat light or whatever. <laughs> except, yeah, yeah, natty light could never. I mean, it serves it's a offensive. purpose. It serves a purpose. It's good. It's a probably, it, it's a great beer. I just, I, you know, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Um, the, in this one summer, I stayed at Northwest. I was taking summer classes. And um, Sanchez and I were in the same fraternity, mm. dry house. Uh, so, so no alcohol consumed in the house. And it was right across from the football field. And there was an uphill. And you could only park on the uphill on the right, closer to the uh, football field. And again, it's summer. You immediately figure out who's going to school. Not a lot of people. And there was like six guys in the house. And every, I think, Wednesday night, we'd all drive to the local hy liquor store. And we're all like 22, 23 yeah. years old at this point. Six years in college. <laughs> well, at that point, I think yeah. four years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Felt like seven. Right. And... Um, each one of us would buy one craft beer six-pack, a different one, each week. And each time, no six-pack was the same. So then we'd drive back and we'd pull out one of those plastic uh, uh, tables, fold it up, put it on the street. Oh, yeah, there's no open container laws. So we'd right. park in front, behind. Northwest Missouri, man. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that too. Yeah. But Maryville, Missouri itself doesn't yeah. have open container laws. So you can walk around, if you're of age, whatever, during yeah. game days. And we'd have a car parked, uh, then the table with six plastic full-up chairs, and then another car there, and we would share the beers. That's and awesome. so, because we had six different ones, we'd talk about the beer, we'd talk about life, we'd talk mm. about, you know, uh, school, girls, whatever the case might be. And um, in that moment, I realized, whoa, like, beer can bring people together. I think there's many things in life that can bring people together, but for me, it was... Uh, beer that kind of sparked this idea how do how do these breweries make beer this great how can something that was made with just grain hops uh water and yeast how can those four ingredients and american breweries oftentimes use more than that but in germany it's those four ingredients um how can those few ingredients be such a complex story i want to know more about that and i kind of went down a rabbit hole and I uh, found a job at KC Beer that is German style. The owner went to Northwest and um, speaks fluent German as well. And then the co-owner is uh, is from Bavaria and he speaks also fluent German awesome. and, and English. Met with them and we agreed, yeah, 
let's give this guy a job here. <laughs> and yeah, I worked there for three years, but it was here in the US. Just to come back to your mm. question, it was here in the mm. US where I found my love for, for beer and, and how it can bring people together. And you know, it doesn't have to be alcoholic. There's great non-alcoholic beers there. There's hoppy beers. There's beers that have hardly any or no hops in it. Um, I just love what it can do. Yeah, it's interesting <coughs> that you say you, you're you're you painted the picture so perfectly in my mind of these six dudes sitting around a plastic table. Yeah, on outside, the street on the from street. like nine to midnight. <laughs> cops driving by, rolling window down. What's up, like, guys? Yeah. How's it going? It's going like great. every Wednesday. They knew. <laughs> After like six weeks, they kind of started driving by and like, oh yeah, you guys again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, it, and it brings me back to some of the genesis of our marketing business guild, which, which the word started because I did a similar, it wasn't beer, it was whiskey and cigars, but had this longing and desire for connection and community. And I think <clears throat> generally speaking, as men, we don't do a great job of having deep and authentic friendship. Um, yeah, we, it, we could do better. Yeah, we could do better. And if if left to our own maybe wanderings, we talk about sports and weather and shallow stuff. And, man, I was just in this season of my own life of, like, desiring and craving depth and connection and meaning. And, and so we, we had this little fire pit in our backyard. And I was like, man, it would be cool to, like, have some dudes just come over and we could talk about some deeper stuff and some shallow stuff too, for sure. Yeah. And – couple guys showed up the first night and then like the next month we did it was like eight and then it was like 15 and um all of a sudden it had like this little thing and it felt like it needed a brand <laughs> it needed yeah. a, it needed yeah. an identity um and so so we we called it the guild and we just said hey like we're gonna have this meeting it's called it, or this thing it's called the guild and there's yeah. fire and whiskey and conversation yeah um but but it was it was a similar desire which was like the the, the connecting point the ability to gather around and and have a conversation that mattered and and yep. I, I imagine if they were if they were anything like those nights in our backyard those those meant a lot to you oh yeah uh yeah. and you and you i guarantee you remember specific conversations that you had around that plastic yeah. picnic table. yeah it wasn't like the the pregame in the big parking lot behind the stadium mm. on saturday right college yeah. games saturdays yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I follow soccer and Formula <laughs> One way more than <laughs> football. I love and, it. And, and American not even football. professional, yeah. but semi-professional college football. Right. So, yeah, Saturdays. Uh, it wasn't like in that big parking lot behind the stadium, we were drinking a 12-pack of, insert here, XYZ yeah. light beer. Yeah. Um, no, it was in the middle of the week. We all carved time out of our schedule. would study a little more Mondays and Tuesdays. And Thursdays, and definitely not Fridays, so Sundays. <laughs> and so we would have time on Wednesday nights and talk about some of these things and, and not have shallow, but very deep, deep conversations. And, you know, if, it, if it's five other guys from your, my friend group that, and I found a lot of friends through the fraternity, and this was, you know, it's D2, it's not your sure. typical, uh, uh, and I can't speak how for yeah. Greek life is at yeah. D1 schools, but you only read certain things. Um it is a very relaxed organization at, at Northwest, at least. And yeah, these guys, they're, they're, they became better friends through those conversations. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. It and it, I think it's such a such a human and and beautiful story, and that I'm interested in understanding. You mentioned the rabbit hole that you went down. Yeah, but what prompted that exploration into cool? It's it's one thing, right, to like get a six pack at IV, mix and match. I know that. Yeah. I know that, that yeah. pack. Um, Stone IPA used to be one of my like go tos yeah, to drop beer. in. That's a good beer. Um, the that that intentionality is awesome and one thing. Enrolling in Berlin Master Brewing School, yeah, <laughs> uh, is a different thing entirely. Yeah, and I'm curious like how that kind of bridge got built and and where you. I know you worked at Casey Beer Co, but yeah, what was it in you that started to be curious about, man, I want to do this for yeah, a living. Ab- absolutely. Um, so once I found a job at KC Beer, um, I was working in the uh, packaging mm-hmm. uh, department and, and learned many different skills from all the great people there. And um, then there was an opportunity to be more involved in the, the management mm-hmm. of the products that were produced, all the, the large, small kegs, the the bottles um, and the whole supply chain. That's kind. Of, that was my specialty, and I had very little um, uh, preparation for this. It was like from one week to another, this is your new job, and and I loved that. Uh, I loved being thrown into the deep end, kind of unprepared. Figured out, bro, because <laughs> that discomfort makes you grow. Mm. And I actually have that tattooed on me: seek discomfort. Uh, because if you live by that, then you're going to grow inevitably. Uh, if you always seek the easy route, then what's the point? That There's nothing wrong with being comfortable every once in a while, but we're on this little blue planet for so short. I, I want it hard so I can appreciate the easy stuff more. Um, so I Dude, that's huge. started... Yeah. <laughs> I started with... I love a good uh, tattoo the, story, by the way. So oh, I'm into I, those. I, I got a lot of those. <laughs> I have made in Germany right here. <laughs> That's kind of a joke, but but it's there. So, um, For the, since no one else can see but me, he, oh. d- he pointed somewhere. It was yeah, good. Yeah. Hey, that's a good I had some extra stand. time with Brock, my tattoo guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it only took five minutes. Yeah. Anyway, so I started doing the supply chain um, stuff, and it's not just like calling your label manufacturer and say, hey, I need a label for this new brand. There is a design process to it where you have to employ a firm oftentimes for these larger breweries where you want it absolutely perfect. So there's four weeks of design work and then you have to figure out what is what paper you want. You want dairy paper? You want normal perm paper? What paper does it need to be printed on? Mm-hmm. Then the, the exact dimensions, the color swatch, the uh, the exact color needs to be the same from one roll to another. So when they run 500,000 labels and they have to switch color palettes and you can see, well, maybe the consumer doesn't want the pink red, they want the chief's red, you know? So yeah, yeah, so yeah. I that was a little bit of a rabbit hole I went down with the supply chain. And that's just, you know, we're talking just labels. Then there's the glass. If the glass manufacturer switches from one batch of hot glass to another or from one mold to another, and all of a sudden, bottles start exploding in the filler. Um, but the bottles look exactly the same under a microscope, maybe even. But there's something mm. chemically in the glass when it cools that's different. So now we talked only about labels and bottles, and it's already, whoa, how do you manage all that? So then the grain that comes from Germany, 
So I had to manage the international supply chain and then all of the container ships that were waiting in port for three months or whatnot, and then the costs quadrupling from one day to another. So at one point, I thought, I'm, I'm pretty good with the supply chain stuff, but this is not what I went to school for, and I wanted to be more involved with the production of mm -hmm. the beer and not the management of the packaged beer. And I already said on day one, uh, you know, at one point I want to go to brewing school, become a master brewer, and, and lead a team of people to to make great beer. And uh, I probably should have done it earlier than three years in, maybe one or two years in, but, but sometimes you get a little comfortable and you have to kind of snap out of it. <laughs> and three years later... It says you're seek discomfort tattoo. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, that, that's the story of... of, of human life uh sometimes you and we were living great like we're traveling all the time and we're living a good life but i realized you know i wanted to be more involved in producing beer and not managing um beer after it's centrifuged and it's in the final beer tank from which it gets bottled or kegged and there was there's only so much you can learn and at one point it becomes about fixing equipment and everything else you're you're good at and i wanted to make the beer not manage the beer and we were in big sky montana and we had a few beers in us as you should in and big sky montana, yeah and right. we we're staying with like someone who we knew around three corners and her uh uncle's uh lodge on the golf course it was a serene place we sounds were, a little bit we, like heaven it was it was <laughs> yeah. heaven maybe i'll find a picture of it and we're visiting our um our good friend casey and her girlfriend um came as well and we were sitting there, and I was playing with the idea in my head for days at that point. I really want to apply now. And then I just need a little bit of uh, encouragement. And I told Abby, I just applied to my wife, Abby. Yeah. I just applied to Brewing School. We'll see how it goes. She goes, what? What did you just do? You, like, do? applied before telling anybody? You, like, you went for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it just felt yeah. right. Yeah. I just, it just felt right to apply there in the moment. And so I did. And then Abby kind of was shocked. But then we talked about it more and... Sometimes you just have to Go. dive head first um, into something, and and I think that's that's why I did. And yeah, we had to figure out how to make it work. The time commitment, um, the motivation definitely was there, mm. and the financial aspect as well. You have to be very committed. Um, and then I was gone for three months, and then she came visit, and we traveled a little bit through Europe after that. But uh, yeah, yeah, the <laughs> transition to beer from from. From having worked at a brewery to applying to a master brewers program, it it took a few years, but once it felt right, I just I just I just clicked that button and then went through the application process and uh, and was one of twenty two people accepted that particular year. Whew, there's uh, my my squirrel brain lit up in like a d thousand different trails, <laughs> and, and but one of them that I think is worth coming back to yeah. your your phrase you said go ahead first and you just kind of went for it. Yeah. Um, we use the same phrase in our business a lot. In fact, our art director, Jason, he's indulged many of my like crazy random ass ideas. And one of which was to create t-shirts that yeah. <laughs> he's laughing at me right now. We should sell swag. Like we should sell, okay. which is not, not a good um, business plan given what we actually do to make, okay. to make money anyhow. But we had these shirts made that said storyteller. And then I was like, dude, and it's like in this like beautiful script font. Um, and then I was like, man, we need to make some that say head first. 
and like just in, and so he's yeah. got it all mocked up. And then like we kept meandering through the random maze of ideas. And I was like, actually, man, like it's heart first. Like you're, you're, Ooh. you're, um, sure. Like the dive part is head first, but like you, you explored yeah. your, sorry, I have one tattoo. That's like everything you're saying right now mm. is, is on there. I gotta show you. <laughs> this is a cool. Yes, please. And as we, I don't know where it is. There, this one. Damn. So let me like get resituated. Yeah, here with I love one it. One layer of clothes less. I love There's it. Still one on. Don't worry. <laughs> I am European. I'm comfortable. But Come on. Yeah. So it's explain the, the, it. The hard, and your brain and how they interact with one another. Mm. And like something in the background seems to always be working on, like, dude, it always works out anyway. Yeah. So. On one hand, you can always worry about everything, yeah. right? But in the end, there's two decisions you need to make. You're either going to say yes to this opportunity mm. or no. Mm. And I like to say yes more than no. Mm. Even if it's going to be a terrible experience, at least you had the experience and you weren't sitting at home for three hours on TikTok. So <laughs> I don't know. That's just my, I mean, I got rid of social media like six years ago. So mm. maybe I'm a little biased in that aspect. But like, say yes more than yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah, and, and figure it out. And so when clear, we were just yeah. no, telling it. you about it. that, I, I love like, that. This is like that tattoo. I love yeah. that. We need to put that picture yeah. on yeah. the on the show episode because yeah. it it explains the concept and the conversation at first. But your heart also talks to you. Yeah. But in the end, yeah. both of them combined, I think, always make you do the right thing, or they tend to make good choices together. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Um, you sought, and I don't know much of the story, but I want to hear it. Okay. You sought discomfort. You followed your mm-hmm. your own advice. Mm-hmm. Your master brewing school was six months, eight months, uh, six and a half to seven okay. months, somewhere in between there. But it was in Ber- it was based in Berlin. So these twenty two people, yeah, um, jumped on for a while. Zoom calls, right? Was it yeah. weekly, daily? What uh, was it? Daily, uh, Monday through Friday, three a.m. Central time, <laughs> until eleven a.m. with like some study sessions after. Sometimes until noon. And then uh, the first couple of weeks, I was still working at KCB on a part-time basis. So I'd drive there, fill kegs, 165 pounds per keg, and, like, manhandling that. Um, that's got really old. And then <laughs> get home at – I mean, I loved it. Yeah, I, yeah, loved, yeah. I, I yeah. love the challenge of beat. it. But You're at 6, 7 p.m., you come home, and you have to completely arrange your national sleep schedule. I, I'm not a morning person. I'm a late-night owl. So like 3 a.m. sometimes it's three hours after I go to bed or four hours after I go to bed. Same. And then I have to start uh, going to bed at 6, 7 p.m. Well, I just got home. I'm not even hungry. Every <laughs> night we kind of like, we cook at home almost every night yeah. and we eat like 7, 8, 8.30, kind of European. Yeah. And in Spain, they sometimes go to to the restaurant. And if you're there late for American stand, it's like 10, 11 p.m. Sometimes there's families that show up at 11 p.m. with like the whole family, four generations, little babies. Like we don't show up at 11. Yeah. 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 We don't eat that late, but Mm. like we eat later than normal. And then Mm. we had to rearrange that. And like, it was not only me going to brewing schools. I think Abby was like passively doing it as well by, by having to, because we were, we're a team and, and we have to work through it together. So Mm. it was a big commitment, but, what was the question? <laughs> well, the, you said it. It was 3 a.m., man. Like, oh, yeah, you, yeah. five days a week, you're up. Yep. Like, that's a discomforting it, oh, reality. Super uncomfortable, yeah, at first. And then, but you get used to it. And then I'll take mini naps from, what was it? So each class was an hour and a half. And then from, like, 4.30 to 5. And I'd wake up at, like, 4.59 <laughs> and then go from the bedroom to the living room. Like, okay, let's do this again, hour and a half. And, yeah. and you certainly had to learn the, like, 
technical production process absolutely making yeah. a beer right very in-depth down um, to the chemical Mo- most of it was chemistry huh. yeah which yeah. goes back to organic chem day yeah so it helped a little bit yeah. but the, the refresher the first five weeks was was great yeah mm. yeah I, I think i'm that's interesting i think what i'm more interested in is hearing what did you learn in that journey that was unexpected that you were like you would have had no idea that you were going to learn or experience you bet like you got to put the four ingredients in the right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a dummy i have no idea not so care. good so that's a very german aspect uh in germany they call the reinheitsgebot the uh, um, purity law and um, when you say purity law in germany everybody knows you're talking about beer the german beer purity law or if you want to get really down into the details it's a bavarian beer purity law come on and it's from 1516 it's the world's oldest food law Mm. So in Germany, beer is considered a food item, not a <laughs> beverage. Awesome. It's, it's a staple. basic food item. And we don't drink that much beer. <laughs> There's other countries where people drink more, but I mean, Germans do drink a little bit. Yeah. And uh, it, it was it was a it was a challenging seven months for sure. Yeah, but you're wondering about what I learned. Yeah, like, that was unexpected. Yeah, right? yeah. Like what? What, so what could you have not been prepared? I, I worked for? at a, the second largest brewery in Casey, right? Casey Beer, and now I work at one of the smallest ones. Uh, it's one percent the size of Casey Beer, maybe even a little bit smaller. Now. Really? Mm-hmm. And most of my classmates worked for breweries that made oblivious amounts of beer. We're talking Anheuser Busch, Coors Miller, Whoa. large, and uh, mm-hmm. we had a few from Brazil, and just the scale when they were talking about. Well, today I made 100,000 hectoliters of beer. Whoa, that's what Boulevard makes in like nine months. Damn. You did that in a day. Damn. So just uh, trying to communicate between how they approach uh, volume Mm. and how I approach volume. I make three barrels at a time. That's not a lot. Mm. And they make 33,000 times more in a day. That's that's nuts. That is nuts. But, but, yeah, I, my mind's kind of blown because it's like I have so many random questions that aren't probably helpful. Let's hear them. But, but I'm wondering, like, what's the difference between a three-gallon production and a 33,000 times that amount? Yeah, I mean, the financial commitment to yeah. all the ingredients is yeah. huge for the large breweries. And for us, if we make a mistake, maybe it's, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars worth of ingredients. ingredients but for a large one, maybe they're – dumping $500,000 worth of liquid down the drain. And, you know, they're multi-billion dollar company, so maybe a few Part mistakes of every yeah. once in a while yeah. is okay. It's cost of doing business. Yeah. But just hearing their stories and how they started, you know, on the bottom of their ranks in their brewery, but that brewery being so huge, and, and, and then them hearing how we approach it, and I never really knew where they're thinking, oh, that's, that's so cute. <laughs> is it even worth it? <laughs> Like yeah, I love what I do, and and I'm I'm mixing. I'm or we call it mashing when hot water and grain is mixed. That's okay. the first step in the brewing process. Um, I'm doing how that by hand. Water? How hot? Uh, it depends on what beer you make okay. and how hot. You, uh, anywhere between hundred, <laughs> and it's very difficult to describe. Anywhere between hundred and twenty and hundred sixty-eight Fahrenheit, Damn. depending on the step. Okay. So our mash kettle also this. The kettle used yep. for the first step called mashing, it 
doesn't have a heating element. Mm. Almost every brewery, they, it does heat, and you do a step mash where you have multiple temperatures. For us, that's not the case. Mm. So I have to come in a little hotter or mix more hot water in later to raise the temperature, and that's Crazy. how I kind of trick around it. But, yeah, I'm mashing in by hand, so I have these thick rubber gloves that look like a fireman almost. we got to get Alex out there to get a video of this. Oh, he's been out there, yeah, one time. And, uh, yeah, he should. Um and then I'm mixing myself. I don't have a stirring element on the bottom. It's me mixing it. And then the same in the boil kettle. It's me mixing it. It's not me pushing a button. But I love being so, so physically on. and yeah. mentally involved in it. Nothing is automated. It's me uh, dialing it in manually. And for the big brews, it's oftentimes sitting in front of a computer and reading out Pushing sensor yeah. results and then reacting to that. Or maybe it, the system is reacting automatically. Oh, pH is a lie. Let me add a little bit of phosphoric acid or whatnot. I have to do the calculation and then add eight milliliters based on the results. And I have to titrate it myself. And yeah, yeah. I mean, to each your own, right? Uh, if, if you want to work at a big brewery and, 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 and sure. you love that s- level of automation there, that's fascinating stuff. I think it would be really cool to have experience in. But right now, I really like being very manually involved, physically. It's quite involved. literally a craft beer. It, it quite is. Literally. It is, yeah. yeah. This, I think yeah. the smaller the brewery, the more craft that craft beer is. Um, in in the startup phase, but the the older a brewery gets, the the more sophisticated the process becomes. And but it's still craft beer. I think craft beer is a really difficult term to define anymore because it started here in the US thirty five ish years ago. Mm. And I would still consider Sierra Nevada, New Belgium. That that's craft beer. Yeah, that's there, there's skill behind that. It's just yes, very automated, but that's very skillfully made beer. Yeah. How did you, where did your storylines connect to the current role you're in right now? Because you met, wasn't it the owner of, and forgive me the name of the Pogue. brewer, Pogue. Yep. Um, didn't you meet him in class? Uh, yeah, so uh, I actually met him a couple times before. So one before, time okay, got it. on our one-year wedding anniversary, we thought, you know, we're not traveling somewhere far. We're going to be here in KC that weekend, but let's drive to those wineries down in Kansas, like Stillwell and, yeah. you know, further down there, Bucyrus. I never knew there was wineries there until one day on Google Maps I saw some, and I thought, can that wine be any good? And yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it's like, fine, I, yeah. I'm not a wine connoisseur. I'm yeah. obviously more of a beer guy, but um, it's, it's very approachable, drinkable, and we drove to those, and on the way there was this new brewery called Pogue Brewing. So we stopped. They just opened. I had some of the German-style beers, the Hefeweizen that was on tap, uh, German wheat beer. And I don't remember what Abby had. And briefly met the owner, Patrick. He was there. And then a year later... What did you think? Like, yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was good beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I re- It was... Um, if I remember a beer, it was, it was probably good. <laughs> <laughs> right? And... Um, a year later, I went there with um, Stephen Jorgen from KC Beer, and we met Patrick, and you know, kind of in passing again. And his wife, she was born in Germany as well. Um, mm. And we were talking with him for a few minutes, and you know, we go our ways, we live our lives. And then I applied to brewing school, and there's 22 people, and we got a list before classes started, of two weeks before, it. who's in it. And for me, it said Max Maldorf, KC Beer. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri, USA. For him, it's at Patrick Brown, Pogue Brewing, Cleveland, USA. So it didn't say, didn't say the which state. state. Which, if you hear Cleveland, 
yeah. USA geography, yeah, that's right. you're like, oh yeah, Cleveland, Ohio, Ohio yeah. it's gotta be. Yeah. I mean, there's like 53 Berlins or something in the US, <laughs> and there's <laughs> many Clevelands for sure in the US as but well. The, the but big, I thought biggest brand is Patrick Ohio. Brown. Like, there's many Patricks. There's many people with the last name Brown. It's gotta be a Patrick Brown at a Pogue Brewing in Cleveland, mm. Ohio. Mm. Couldn't find one. So I thought, there's no way. There's no way that that's the guy. And then the first Monday, it was, what was it, January 6th, I think. A at, year 3 ago, at 3 a.m. That's brutal. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. That that looks like the one guy I met a couple times. So, yeah, uh, we had to introduce ourselves. And for him and I, I was like, hi, my name is Max Maldorf. I'm from Germany. I live in the U.S. I worked at a German style brewery. I kind of wanted to further educate myself. And uh, also, Patrick, do you live like 25 minutes that way on homes? And he goes, yeah, I thought that was you. <laughs> no. Way. Yeah. So when you talk about small world, sure, there's Literally. 80 billion people on this planet, plus, minus, whatever. But wow. Uh, sometimes it's hard to wrap it up and like put it in words uh, how small this world is. And uh, I could have applied a year before, a year later. I could be in school right now. Um he could have done the same. Maybe he he probably played with the idea for a few years like I did. But, yeah, we met uh, our paths crossed again in a really Intimate tiny way. chance yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane, man. What? So what attracted you to then say, cool, after I've got this mm -hmm. master brewing certificate yeah. and experience, what, yeah. what prompted you to, to join what he's doing there? Yeah, so we met up and we had a very casual conversation. I think him and I make a great team in that whatever ideas we have, we try to realize them. We're more yes-sayers than naysayers. Mm, and, I love that. Um, I mean, just the other, we were drinking this one beer that was a strawberry rhubarb whatever beer. I don't know if it was a lager or ale. I don't know. And we thought, well, I said, I want to make this for the summer. I think this would be a hit. And then he goes, yeah, cream ale yeast. Strawberry puree. I don't know how to get rhubarb, but we'll figure it out. And then we made this beer. Uh, very little, if any, hops, if I remember. And uh, kind of dry hopped it with... So you, I don't know how to explain dry hopping in a very like yeah. easy way. But it's probably uh, I kind of I dry hopped with not hops, but strawberry puree and, uh -huh. and rhubarb uh, concentrate. And it turned out really well. So I, I didn't want to add it during the brewing process, but after fermentation was complete. And yeah, it's an unfiltered beer. It's got a great color. I mean, yeah, this is like me and my element right yeah. now. It's like <laughs> overanalyzing it. Ah, the color could be like three SRM, darker, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> it tastes great. It looks great. It's got great head retention foam. And yeah, it just it came out. Out of an idea, we, we made something that's delicious and we're probably going to keep making it. Because everybody seems to like it. That's awesome. Yeah, and when I say everybody, it's you know, not that many people because we're uh, not that close to KC, but really not that far away. Describe the scene. Put us in. Put us in the brewery. What's it like? Um, there's a lot of fields around. Cleveland population. The sign says six nine sixty one. I pass it every every morning, mm. and yeah, it's, it's small. In Cleveland, Kansas. It's Cleveland, uh, in Missouri. Missouri. It's Cleveland, uh, Holmes okay. and two hundred forty eighth. Got it. Okay. Um, okay. So there's a lot of fields around the brewery couple gas stations, a few houses, and that's, you know, your typical small town USA yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, town. But Why is it there? Um, 
So Patrick was in the military for 33 years, yeah. moved around. Every, he told me one time, I was like, oh my, so here, there, bam, bam, bam. Damn. Uh, lived in a lot of places. And then um, I think his wife, Annika, she was here in KC and he was, was retiring or just retired and then moved here, if I remember that right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they bought a place in, in Cleveland and he wanted to start a brewery. He was a prolific home brewer and uh, a lot of brewers, they first home brew sure. and then turn their, you know, side hustle that they're na- not making money off of, probably spending a lot of too yeah. much money on yeah. into a professional career. Um, I mean, that's how yeah. I believe Boulevard started. Yeah, he was brewing in the John basement. McDonald, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Look, look at that company yeah. now. They're making yeah. a lot of beer. So yeah. uh, Patrick, okay. too. Yeah, just, just <laughs> fine. Uh, he was a prolific home brewer and turned it into a, a big business. Opened, I think, a month before COVID. Oh. Or two months before COVID. January, what was that? 20? 2020? 2019? Yeah, 20, 2020. Yeah. And uh, isn't Damn. that funny how we're already like, when yeah. did that start? Right. Um, Are we still in it? What's yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's Are we just in bizarre. it here? But what is it in other so countries? Bizarre. Yeah. Do I still need a COVID test to travel <laughs> to that country? Yeah, I think Felix had to say when my brother just visited yeah. me that he's vaccinated, but he didn't need to do a test huh. to come to the US. But whatever. Yeah, so. Um, it's a very serene place, the brewery. I like it. It's it's um, uh, low pace. Staff is great. I think we're known for our beer, but also great service and phenomenal food. The, we have a full-size kitchen. Um, we have a little patio. It's family-friendly, dog-friendly. It's it's just people-friendly, and, and that's what I like the most, that people from all walks of life come there, you know, farmers and city dwellers and just whoever, whoever wants a good time comes. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. Uh, kind of a silly question, but one I, I love asking, is, is specifically as it relates to the life you're building, which certainly includes the um, the work part, yeah. right? We're, we're like these wholly integrated, complex creatures. Yeah. Um, and I, I lived a long part of my life as like segmented and compartmentalized, which which proved to not be very helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so my my meandering question is what's the most rewarding part to you like right now in the in life yeah in the life you're building the mm-hmm. life you're living the um career the the marriage the explorations yeah. the adventure yeah. um the tattoos <laughs> yeah what's like what's the rewarding part what's the part that makes you go hell yeah I'm doing this thing yeah. I, I loved your phrase we're yes sayers, not naysayers. Yeah, um, I have one of those uh, right here. <laughs> yes and no. Come on, like the glasses half full, half empty. Mm-hmm. I find that argument so boring. <laughs> like it's we have beaten that horse. It's very dead. There's it's dead. It's yeah. It doesn't matter if it's half empty or half full. What you're actually talking about is are you saying yes or no to to something? And if the person you're talking to is dead set on something, like just agree and like try to understand their perspective and you don't you don't have to agree a hundred thousand percent but sorry just understand their perspective so um question was what's most rewarding for me right now so we love to travel to places and get to know other other people's perspective and cultures we we've gone to um playa del carmen quite a bit but what we do is fly down into Cancun, right? We get our own rental car from some small rental car place outside of the airport. And we drive to our own little Airbnb or little hotel room in Playa. 
We're not in a resort. Um, we just we try to eat the food made by people who don't speak speak a lick of English because I don't speak a lick of Spanish, <laughs> and, and it's German English, yeah. a little bit of Latin. I don't use it. <laughs> a little bit of Swedish. I don't talk to my grandma anymore all that often. So uh, that's awesome. We we try to uh, breathe in the cultures and 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 the connections we create with random people along the way wholeheartedly. And in order to travel, you know, you have to work uh, not only to be able to pay to get there and stay there. And, and you, we always, we, uh, what's, what's the American saying? We fall on a budget, right? Yeah, we kind of, oh, we're, no we're the budget. people on the frontier flight who really made it work with just the backpack. <laughs> we can try to squeeze it into that little box. It'll fit. It will awesome. fit. Um, awesome. But yeah, we, uh, we, we enjoy traveling to places and you got to work in order for that to happen. And, and that's really where we thrive the most uh, when, when we're in other places. And the fact that I really love my work as a stepping stone so I can get to know people in another place of the world, uh, I, I feel really lucky and that does feel rewarding when, when I brew a beer and it turns out great and I'm getting better and better. Um, that, that is really rewarding. And, and to see the faces of other people when they get to know you mm. and, and you see that, wow, like we're, we're connecting and we're getting to know each other. And it could be a stranger on an airplane you talk to for 30 minutes, right? Um, it could be anyone I'll, I'll, that you meet along the way. Um, but for us, it's oftentimes when, when we're traveling. Yeah. And if, I don't know if I could make that, uh. I mean, I love brewing. Yeah, I I dived headfirst and into that, and I want to keep doing it. But if there's something with traveling, I we're just now getting into a travel hacking game. Ooh, come on! Yeah, and it's very interesting. Yeah. We're gonna see what a lounge is for the first time here in a couple <laughs> of months. Like, oh, is that credit card gives you access to this? <laughs> I mean, I have to spend money anyway. Might as well. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. What is rewarding? I feel like. Need to identify. You need to determine what what's the what's the definition of rewarding. If 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 I get a kick out of something, is that rewarding, or to someone else, is it is it just like a meh moment? I don't know. Yeah, but I try to appreciate all the little things in life and always take a step back and a deep breath and be grateful for. I just hit three green lights in a row. <laughs> Right. That's nice. Yeah. I wish I could do that here in Liberty, driving here. Liberty's kind of It's brutal. like the permanent world convention of traffic light engineers. <laughs> when you get off, what is it, I-35? Yep. Uh -huh. like, and it's yep. as far as the eye can see, oh, there's like up. 15 straight, straight uh, stop red lights usually, yeah. right? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah if, if I hit like five in a row, I'm ecstatic. That's rewarding. But to someone else, this is like, I don't know, do they walk through life with blinders on? I don't know. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. You, <clears throat> um, I know you have a you have a travel to get to here in a moment after we finish our conversation. So yeah. I've got one one kind of main chunk of okay. curiosity in my Let's brain before we, wrap, before we wrap up with our final five. Um, on your left forearm, you've got a tattoo of Lady Liberty. Mm-hmm. I just noticed, mm -hmm. um, and I'm I'm rem I'm reminded of an earlier part of the conversation when you you talked about you fell in love with the United States. Mm -hmm. Man, 
I like grew up north of the river mm-hmm. in in a very suburban yeah. American yeah. life. Sure. I've been to Europe once. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was when I was 22 and didn't probably appreciate it. I was in Italy for 10 days with my dad and stepmom. Mm-hmm. And how old were you? Uh, like 21, 22. Okay, yeah. And it, you're in college. Yeah. We, we had I just finished college. Nice. Maybe I was 23. Re- it, regardless mm-hmm. that, um, perspective and seeing the Italian culture and to your point on like, we ate a lot of late meals Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And the pace yeah. was different. Slow. And it was rich and in the moment. And, um, but, but I don't have, uh, you have a much broader world perspective. And I'm curious, like, um, you know, the, the, the trek from the one way ticket from Bonn, Germany to Savannah, yeah. Missouri yeah. is quite literally a world apart and like a wild difference. Yeah. And you're here and you're building a life here and you've got, but so, Again, the way my brain works is 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 I beat around all the damn bushes. Yeah, yeah, I got rid of <laughs> you, all of them. I know you did. Yeah. You already told in, me that. In Germany, there's no bushes. Right, so straight yeah. to the point. So straight to the point is like, why'd you yeah. put Lady Liberty on your left arm? Yeah. So so uh, I'm an immigrant. Obviously, I'm I'm, I'm still uh, living the immigrant story, and um, I fell in love with this country, uh, not expectedly. Um, I was a high school exchange student. I wanted to improve my English. Uh, and I started learning English in, for me, it was seventh grade for my brother, fifth grade. I think now they do it in pre-K in Germany, uh, very early. But so I had in, uh, sorry, it was fifth grade, Felix third grade. So I had in grade five, six, seven, eight, nine, Mm. 10. So six years I was good at reading. Uh, writing, listening, but speaking is a whole nother thing, right? And the only way to learn anything really in life is if you fully immerse yourself in it. And with language, I think it's the biggest and best example of that mantra. And in high school in Germany, you have an option. Um, if you can make it work, it, it's not cheap, but it's uh, Amer- an exchange in the U.S. is much more affordable and the three other common ones where Germans at least go, which is Canada, Australia, mm-hmm. and New Zealand. It's a quarter of the cost of that. And wow. it's, it's still kind of pricing, so I'm forever grateful that my parents were able to make that happen for me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think I can express my, my thoughts and, and I'll, in, in this language, but it's not my native language. And a lot of that has to do with having been able to live in the American culture as part of that uh, high school exchange here. So... Um, you can pay a little extra to go to Texas or California or like the Northeast. And I said, and I started this process very late. Usually start, uh, so school years here, high school starts in like what, August-ish, yeah, right? Yeah. So usually start in like September, October for the next year, like almost a full year in advance. Mm. I started in like April. <laughs> the organization didn't even know if they're going to find family for me. So the Bishop family and Savannah, they were looking through a book with their area rep of the American counter organization that works yeah. with the German uh, exchange organization. And they're literally flipping through a book and they're like, this Max guy, he looks interesting. Uh, let's host him the for six a year. Four German guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> six foot four German guy who apparently I must have marked that. I like knitting. Whoa. Yeah. 
which maybe I didn't know what the word meant, or I cut knitting, <laughs> and it's like what's so, this K in? So they've always given me a bunch of crap for that. But yeah, I lived here in in the U.S. as a um, high school exchange uh, student, and that's really when I fell in love with like the American psyche and the spirit, and wanted to at least try to come back after going back to Germany for two years, finish up high school. I wanted to at least try to come here for college, and uh, made that work and went to Northwest Missouri State and had a great time there, getting my undergrad and, and master's, but. This tattoo, obviously, later liberty. A lot of people uh, relate that to the immigration uh, portion of this country and Ellis Island, close by. And um, if you look closer, Lady Liberty is not holding the torch, but a pint of beer. <laughs> and it doesn't say July fourth, seventeen seventy six. It says April twenty third, fifteen sixteen, which is when uh, Kaiser Ludwig II signed the German beer purity law. That's into awesome. law. <laughs> so, so I just awesome. I just like having fun with tattoos. That's I think so awesome. it's so easy to take yourself extremely serious. Yeah. But I think you have more fun in life if you let loose sometimes. <laughs> and you know, we get this at least, you know, I'm not religious, but I don't care what people believe in. Everybody should believe in what they want to believe in. But you know, with with my body, I'm just going to have a little fun with it, <laughs> right? I'm going to have some funny tattoos. And we can talk about them. You have a few tattoos, and I definitely have questions yeah. about oh, yeah. them. Yeah. But just, Ask just like want. let yeah. loose a little bit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's the story behind this. I love it. This I one knew there was going to be a good story. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know what the story was going to be. Yeah. But I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Um, dude, we're going to do this again. Okay. And, and we'll go uh, some other rabbit trails. Um, but to conclude our, our first conversation, um, I prepped you, not way in advance, but a little bit in advance, yeah. um, with our with our. F- Five straight two, don't beat around the bush questions. Okay. Are you ready to rock? Let's do it. Okay. Favorite t-shirt? The one I'm wearing. I like that shirt too, Yeah, bro. It's, it's very Patagonia. simple. It, Patagonia. It just says Patagonia on the front and has, I think, the thing on the back. It also says Patagonia. And that's all it needs to have. It's just it. what it is. Yeah. And like the sweatshirt I'm wearing. Yeah, Say yeah, the yeah. damn thing. It's not boring. It has a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not cheap. I'm frugal. <laughs> no, and then like the sweatshirt. Purposeful. Just all it says is Carhartt. Because yeah. that's what it is. It's a yeah. Carhartt sweatshirt. Yeah. I don't know if it's boring. It's just, I don't need to advertise like a lot. It's just, it's a t-shirt. It's supposed to cover me. It's thing. functional. It does it. And this one I bought with my hard-earned like college money. I, I awesome. could only work 20 hours per week on campus. And that's all the income I had at mm. on minimum wage um, during all six years in college, right? And like with a little bit of money I was able to earn when I was in France visiting my family, um, they were there on vacation or whatever. And uh, there was this Patagonia store. And I thought, oh, I didn't know they had like stores yeah. outside of the US or whatnot. And they had this on sale for like eight euros. So like $9 or whatever at the time. Damn. And I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to get that. I also had a... A like turquoise awesome. one, but I actually shrank it. <laughs> it was painful. <laughs> That's a shitty yeah. feeling. Anyway, so yeah, this, I like this shirt. That's I don't have a lot feel. of shirts. I have like five t-shirts and yeah. well, maybe 10. I don't know. I yeah. wear five. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm yeah. in that part of my life from um, simplifying the wardrobe yes. and just going, dude, yeah. I literally have had this black. Don't, yeah. I have multiple of them, but I've worn this particular one for like three straight days. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I smell. Um, it's simple. It takes out the decision, and it's yeah. like it's just a stupid T-shirt. Yes, yeah. T-shirt. Yeah, if you can it's make easy. those decisions way easier in the yeah. morning, if you spend thirty seconds figuring out what you're going to wear that day, or a day in advance, or whatever you do, yeah. 
versus standing in the mirror and overanalyzing everything for 30 minutes. Oh, right. Does this green go with that black? <laughs> Who cares? Just wear the black T-shirt. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Um, favorite place on earth? Favorite place on earth. You've um, been to a lot of them. Wow, uh, it's a it's a deep question. I'm trying to come up with something here on the on the on the fly. Is that the saying on the quick? Mm. On the fly, um, either one. Yeah, kind of want to say everywhere and nowhere because I mm. I know I I want to see as many places as I can with the limited time I have on this planet. Mm. So that's why I would say everywhere and nowhere because I don't want to go to any place a second time. I've been there. I have done, done that. Yeah. Um, I've done my best to get to know the people there the culture the food the activities mm. getting a vibe and a un- deeper understanding than surface level of of that particular location cool. so like it's we've cool. gone to playa two or three times now i don't want to go back yeah. that's already one or two times too many right there's so many other places in that area um and that's just this one area i'm referring to we, we want to go to asia sometime in this or next year or probably going to go to south africa this upcoming winter uh, my parents have been there a couple mm. of or three times now and so favorite place on earth man <laughs> it's tough it's tough so i love skiing yeah same growing up my parents skiing is a lot cheaper in europe really oh yeah like a lift ticket here it's so my brother and i here, it's here, in, here in 10 minutes are driving from here in liberty missouri to <laughs> Denver, stay with my father-in-law, and then tomorrow at 6 a.m. we're going to go into so the mountains, good. right? So jealous. And Loveland is on the cheaper side. It's $119 for lift ticket plus rentals, so like 70 bucks. So you are 200 bucks. But in For the day, yeah. yeah that's yeah. cheap. Uh, like Breckenridge Brecht's is 240 or whatever, yeah. Plus yeah. then your, uh, yep. uh, your rentals and lodging and food it's and brutal. whatnot. Yeah, like in Germany, it's like 100 bucks for lift ticket maximum. Mm-hmm. But you usually go to Austria, Switzerland, northern Italy. Germany does have a few ski resorts, France as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're going to go to uh, to Colorado here in a little bit. And growing up, skiing is like this ultimate example of freedom to me. Mm-hmm. Flying, or like, sorry, not flying. Humans can fly, but you can skydive. <laughs> you can pretend. Um, skydiving probably feels super free. Maybe also terrifying. Mm-hmm. Done it a couple of times. Loved it. But I'm good now. But when skiing, you're on the top of the mountain, or somewhere on the mountain, yeah. and no one tells you you have to go that way or this way or this. You can decide what you want to do. You're in and you total control, and you end up in the same place. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, I love skiing. Growing up, we went many times. I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And there's a few ski resorts that uh, that I hold near and dear uh, uh, in 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 Austria. And with school, sometimes over carnival in like February, we'd go for one week as well. So with all my best school friends, we'd ski for a week, get to skip class for so free. Good. Yeah. And so any like ski place in the mountains, I, I love that. I do like beaches. I've come to love beaches lately as well. Um, the water part of the beach is the best part. It is, yeah. For me. I don't, I don't me get when some people water. say, I don't like the beach. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's so serene. Yeah. For sure, yeah, for sure. So it's hard. It's a hard question to answer. What's your favorite place? Because I want to see so much, and I think maybe other people relate. Mm. People who want to see 100%. a lot, 
it's difficult to pick one. It's like asking a brewer what's your favorite beer. Oh my God, what a torture question. <laughs> I don't know which style are you talking oh, about. Yeah, oh, yeah, all of them. Yeah, so That's so good. I love it's that. It's like answer. asking you what's your favorite, who's your favorite child? Yeah, you can't, can't answer all, that. So the are. same I would approach yeah. with what's your favorite beer or what's yeah. your favorite place. That's good. I don't know. It's a, good, it's don't a beautifully know. complex. I visited a buddy of mine in answer. Key West uh, for close to two weeks, all my winter break. Damn. And that was fun. Mm. Yeah, Key West is a is it's it, a wild place. It dude. is a wild yeah, place, but it's also an interesting place. Yeah. It's yeah. it's an interesting place in that there's so many tourists that come through with the cruises and people mm. who drive there or fly there as a small airport. And then all the locals who work in the tourist industry, and that's what my buddy Mitch was doing. He was taking people out on these boats, catamarans, to take them snorkeling or awesome. like uh, uh, other boat sports-related yeah. stuff. And... I was just living with him for a couple of weeks, and it was just really cool seeing all these people from all over the world mm. getting along with the locals. So, mm. so I really like that. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So maybe that one, if I had to pick one. But every place I've been to, I we I've made we have made the best out of it. So, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. Uh, what would you do right now? You don't strike me as a very uh, afraid fella. Um, but what would you do right now if you weren't afraid? Mm. If I weren't afraid. What would I do? <laughs> I, You're so bored by that question. No, uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, I I think I've I've tried to conquer certain fears in life many times. Uh, the biggest one coming to another country and Dude. starting from scratch. Yeah. And then there was one point later in college where I didn't know if I could stay in the U.S. I had to find a job. I had to apply for this extension of my student visa and whatnot. I didn't know where I was going to be in three months. And those experiences so young in life, they they uh, mm. they leave a mark. So, I, I mean, there's things I'm afraid of. I'm deathly afraid of spiders. Spiders. I can't. I can't. When I was a child, a couple of times I, I ran into a spider web, like behind <laughs> this, like, shed and, and like, uh, like a bush. In kindergarten, this was, and like the spider went right on my face, Ugh. in my mouth, <laughs> and that happened like two weeks later. So I'm definitely afraid of spiders. But like, as far as life itself goes, I don't know if I can say I'm super afraid of something. I think fear is good; it keeps us alive. It has a very evolutionary purpose for us as uh, the species of Homo sapiens. But if you're too afraid to do something, maybe you're not curious enough to do it. I think that's how I would approach that. Yeah. I love that. Um, what does human first mean to you? The little flag you got in front of you? Yeah. Which I like this flag. Sweet. I'm, I'm glad. I, I've been playing with the idea this whole time. We've been spending time together with, uh, where should I hang this? <laughs> I don't know. Wherever you hang it, I ne we need to see a picture of it. I'm going to hang it in the brewery. Sweet. Yeah, I will. That's sweet. And I'll, I'll, somewhere where I can always see it when I'm back in the back. Um which That's is why I brew. Um, what does human first mean? I, th I think it's so easy these days to have surface level connections. Mm. And I don't know if it's, you know, our generation or, you know, I think I qualify as millennial. And Which I'm older than you, bro. I'm not a millennial. I'm it's Gen okay. X, man. It's old. Okay. I'm old. Where's the I'm cutoff? officially a progress, like it, I'm a progressive commercial. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I'm turning into my dad. By the day. Uh, those commercials are they're hilarious. Amazing, they're amazing. But they're also hilarious if you're like 21 uh, years old. They're amazing. Because you're like teeter-tottering with like. 100%. Uh, 
ready to adult or maybe you've been adulting for some time you're like oh god <laughs> yeah. i don't want to be that guy. <laughs> um my, my kid we went to the movies the other night uh and we have five kids one of them's in college and one of them brought her boyfriend so there's seven of us right and it was tuesday night spring break well and um it's like we went and see went, went and saw creed which is amazing uh, we just watched that. Dude, it's kick-ass. Amazing. Kick-ass. Yeah. I'm not, like, into boxing, but I think it's so... Dude, it was so good. is kick-ass. So like good. Said. Yeah, so good. So, the tickets, I thought, on Tuesday night were five bucks. Uh-uh. And, and well, like, there's, oh, like, like the know. member, the B&B uh, theater has this membership where sure. if you're a member, you get five bucks. Yeah. So, I, like, log in, buy them online, or reserve the seats. Right. Back row, kick-ass. And it's seven bucks per ticket, which is still way cheaper than normal. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> there's seven of us. Like, yeah, seven, five. The difference between five and seven is a lot yeah. when you multiply it times seven. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we, but I buy them, print them out, or we get show show the QR code at my on my phone when we roll in, and everybody's behind me. So I'm the guy with the tickets. Yeah. So it's my wife, four kids, and our. Did you have to like scan them one by one? Well, like, this guy's with me. <laughs> this girl's with me. <laughs> when I'm like, and I was like, hey, sir, and this is a young kid. Sure. Hey, sir. Um. Did the five dollar tickets increase to seven? <laughs> <laughs> and my my fifteen year old daughter is like, "You're such a dumbass! <laughs> Shut up! It's two bucks." And I'm like, "Well, it's actually not two bucks. It's two bucks times seven. Yeah, exactly. And then I was like, "Wait, I'm a I'm a progressive commercial. I am yeah. my, I am an old man. Yeah, and I need to shut up." Yeah, I just switched to progressive for homeowners. <laughs> Do I sound like a millennial or a Gen X? I don't know. <laughs> you sound a product of good marketing. Oh, so my goodness. human first. I don't know. I would approach this with uh, maybe like human first, me second. I want to get mm-hmm. to know you on like a very human and deep level. That's good. And and I think I'm going to take a secondary role in this, like these five minutes that I really want to get to know you. That's good. And... And it doesn't matter who I am in this very, of course it matters, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. in this very moment, yeah. just for these five minutes, I want to get to know you. I'm going to ask you questions so and good. please ask me questions and like, let's figure this out. Human first, me second, you third. I don't know. Something like that. I like it, dude. Put that on the tattoo. Okay. Um, Thinking of something. I have a list. <laughs> of course I you actually do though. <laughs> <laughs> they're, re- they're quite, it's a side conversation, but they're quite addicting. They are. Tattoos are quite addicting. Yeah. The, this one right here. Oh, that hurt like hell. Uh, no, New Zealand hurt. Yeah. So it's this tattoo yeah. that it's yeah. all um, vertical stripes that's cool. of the world map on yeah, my right cool. inner, on the right biceps on that's the inner cool. side. But when we started on the left with Alaska. Alaska oh, felt okay. Alaska was fine. Yeah. 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 Kind of in your armpit. Yeah. Like I got it's that's fine. That, that one. Once, but once you get to like. It's bad. Philippines, South China Sea, <laughs> <laughs> the outback. That's And bad. then New Zealand. Ouch. Uh-huh. That's bad. That's okay. That's it's bad. it's like a weird tingle. I thought, so my, my mid arm, you know, this tree was like, oh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then like uh, when he was here, yeah. I thought he was here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, bro, you're yeah. surely about done. I looked yeah. down and I was like, oh, shit, you're not even close. The I first think I'm going to pass out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you get used to it, but the <laughs> first few minutes I'm like, oh, my God, make it stop. Yeah, it's the terrible. first two I got were on my outer rib cage, Ooh. which is one of the most sensitive places tattoo people tell me uh, uh where you could get a tattoo so i i started head first yep you went at it bro yeah seek discomfort whatever <laughs> let's do it can't get worse than that you did um all right man last question yes when it's all said and done okay what do you want to be remembered for so uh in the brewery world um we use a lot of natural resources 
lot of water, a lot of grain. It takes a lot of water to make grain, mm-hmm. make it grow, probably with hops as well. Um, it's kind of an, uh, not irresponsible, but uh, not mindful way to use mm-hmm. natural resources. I want to figure out here mm-hmm. in the next, you know, 10, 20 years, how can I make beer mm-hmm. or fermented beverage, whether it's seltzer, beer, alcohol-free beer, how can I make that with less raw material usage? There's some ways you can do a mm. thicker mash. You can do high gravity brewing where you make a beer that um, has more, you're extracting more sugar from the grain when you mix the hot water and the grain, the first step, the mashing. And you're using less resources. You're using less heat because you have to heat up uh, uh, less volume, mm. uh, lower volume of, of stuff, of the mash. You're extracting uh, more more sugar that way, more extract, and then you just mix it with hot water in the end. In the end, you used less less energy and less material to make the same. Um, Interesting. But we're still wasting a lot of water, not reusing water, recycling water. Like this whole reduce, reuse, recycle, that's only good until like, mm. will people in certain industries actually do it, right? So I don't know, what will I be remembered for? People drink a lot, right, worldwide. <laughs> so if, if we can, if I can have even a minute impact on how we make beer on a global scale, I think that will go a long way. And that's how we can help help this planet live a little bit longer, maybe. I yeah. love that, dude. That's cool. Yeah. What a joy, bro. It's uh, I'm, I'm grateful Alex connected us. Yeah, um, same. I think, uh, I can't speak for all of the listeners, but I imagine that, that the, the folks who listen to this dialogue um are are encouraged or inspired are um a little bit of a have a broader perspective and an interesting perspective yeah and dude i'm just i'm grateful you'd share your story the parts of it that we got to explore in um, an hour and eight minutes right yeah wow it's Um, only been hour eight minutes (laughs) okay Um, I hope you have a, a wonderful trip and good Thank time you. with your brother. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and he's I always pres- wanted to go ski or I ski. He snowboards. He's always wanted to go to Colorado. We've talked about it for like six years now. So jealous. So last night we're like, you want to go? Yeah. Okay. Then let's. <laughs> Why not? What's stopping us? Nothing. Yay sayers, dude. Exactly. You're a yay sayer. Say more yes. Let's know. I love it. Thanks, Max. Thank you. Thank you.